Isn't that how it usually happens? Huh? You hear stories like that in break rooms where people, there's so much confusion going on, so many misconceptions of what Christmas is and, and who did what and he did and who appeared to what. And I, I remember being a children's pastor and, and teaching the kids that when the angel appeared, it wasn't one of these little soft feminine angels that you see on TV sometimes. But I, I jumped up on a chair and I remember I scared the Jesus and all the kids. I jumped up on a chair. The angel looked like this. He was massive, a manly angel. And the kids were like, I just want them to be ready. I mean, if an angel appeared in their bedroom, I didn't want them to think I was lying to them. You know what I'm saying? So, but isn't that how it usually happens? There's misconceptions. But people do talk about Christmas and people, people do talk about Jesus, right? And there should be nothing wrong with talking about Jesus, especially during this time of the year, Right? And so today we're going to start our series, or we're going to do a one-part series today called The Perfect Christmas. And, and let me ask you a question. When you think of the Christmas story, is this what you think of? Show me that picture, Posey. The Perfect Christmas. Is that what you think of when you think of Christmas? Does that pop into your mind? I mean, look at that. Isn't that just lovely? I mean, just really nice. You know, everything's kind of perfect. Look at Mary's clothes. I mean, look how well dressed she is. You know, and the baby's there so quietly, right? And Joseph, I mean, he's, he doesn't even look tired at all. Their skin is perfect. I mean, it looks like they just got out the shower and prepared for this picture, all right? But the truth is, is that it was, it was really not a silent night. And all the mama said... There's nothing silent about having a baby. I mean, if the baby ain't crying, the wife's crying, right? Or she's threatening her husband, something. I mean, something's going on. There's noise being made, and there's a lot of sweat. There's a lot of tears. Sometimes there's some other things involved, and it's just really not this perfect, isn't it? So if you think about Christmas, and this is what you think about, then I want to say you might have a wrong perspective of Christmas, you got to remember, they just traveled miles on the back of a donkey. No air conditioning, dust flying, mosquitoes, gnats, bugs. And then they get to this place, and I'm sure Joseph wasn't stressed out that they couldn't find a place to have the baby. I'm sure he didn't stress at all. I'm sure she didn't stress because he didn't make reservations. I'm sure she had nothing to say about that. And look at the shepherds. The shepherds even look good, don't they? I mean, look at them holding a nice little lamb. And no mud on their shoes. No other stuff on their shoes. But the truth is, is that it was probably a pretty crazy time for Mary and Joseph, right? I mean, number one, you had to ride on a donkey. And then, and then you had to find a place to have the baby. And you know, babies are ready to come at the, the most convenient times, right? I mean, they always wait for the perfect moment to say, let me out. But it never happens that way, does it? This morning, I want to talk to you about the perfect Christmas. And one of the things I want you to see is that, you know, that, that baby looks like it's blonde-headed and there's a lot of Middle Eastern kids born with blonde hair. Right? Yes. 
It's just not perfect. So what, what, what makes the perfect Christmas is my question for you this morning. What really makes Christmas perfect? Like they said in the video, what is the perfect gift? Jesus is the perfect gift. Why? Because you can't return him. <laughs> right? But also because there's nothing wrong with him. Amen. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For who? All. Say it again. All. So are you part of all? Yes. Say that with me. Say, I am all. I am all. Good. I'm glad you discovered that this morning. But it says, don't be afraid. I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. This good news that the, that the angel was telling them, this good news is going to bring great joy to all people. People of every nationality, people of every race, people of every social status, monetary status, people from every city, whether you're on the south side of the tracks or the north side of the tracks. It doesn't matter. It's for all people. And this good news is going to bring joy. To all people. You see, you can associate Jesus and joy. Those go together. Now, around that was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of other things that went on. But it all brings joy. Amen? So point number one this morning is that it's good news for all people. Good news is where we get the word gospel from. When, 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 the, when the disciples went and preached the gospel, they were actually going and telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, the disciples were actually carriers of good news. They were going to people. This, is, this was Jesus' plan. You go to the people that don't know the good news and you tell them the good news. Why? So that they can have joy. Joy in what? Joy in knowing that they can live an abundant life. Right? While they're on this planet. Joy in knowing that they can spend eternity in heaven and not in hell. Right? Knowing that they can be healed of their sins, sicknesses, and diseases. Right? That, that brings joy. Amen? I know many people that have been miraculously healed of all kinds of diseases. And, and there's just this joy about them because it wasn't a doctor. It wasn't medication. It was Jesus touched them. And when Jesus touches your life, you can't help but have joy. Luke one twenty eight says that Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Do you know Mary was only 14 years old when, when the angel appeared to her? Stand up, Virginia. <laughs> Virginia's 14 years old. And I got to be honest with you, as a, father, as a father, if somebody would appear to my daughter and say she's going to be with child, it's on. It's on. They going to see Jesus. Right? I got plenty of woods to bury him in. We're going to take care of business right now. Just ain't flying. But she's 14 years old, and I can only imagine the thoughts. Think about Mary for a moment. This angel appears to her and goes, do not be afraid. Why does he keep saying that? Because, do not be afraid. Man, that's a big angel. 
I mean, how would you like to introduce yourself to somebody and say, don't be afraid? You know, I'm the type of pastor when I go into a counseling session, a lot of times I have to, it's going to be okay. Because <laughs> I got, you know, it's just look on my face. There's nothing to do with my size. But she's 14 years old. Can you imagine what was going through her mind? Don't be afraid. You are favored of God. Wow. You're favored of God. Imagine she thought, well, what did I do to get this favor? You know, did I accidentally get something right? I mean, am I born into the right family to have favor with God? Why? What makes me deserve this favor? And some of you today have experienced the favor of God. And and you're probably thinking right now, I don't deserve this. We were going to lunch this week and. And I was riding in the car. Sumeri was with us, and we were trying to get to this restaurant. We were running late, and we said, uh, "We said, well, I guess we got to park way down the street and walk." Sumeri goes, "Oh no, I got favor. Y'all with me? We gonna get a front row?" And I was like, "What? This is what I'm thinking. Well, whatever, Sumeri." <laughs> we pull in front of the restaurant, not just front row, front row by the door. I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> I rubbed her on the shoulder. What you got? (laughs) I need some of that. But Mary's 14 and the angel appears and he goes, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. And some of us have never given our lives to Jesus because we don't think we deserve it. We don't think that we've earned it. We don't think that we've done enough good things to deserve Jesus. We don't, we, we might've listened to lies. You may have come out of a church that says you got to act a certain way and you can't do certain things to have a relationship with Jesus. I came out of that. I was always told what I couldn't do until I met pastor Bubba and he told me what I can do. You with me? Some of you came out of those types of churches. Some of you, your parents threw that at you in some kind of weird and spooky way. Well, if you don't act right, Jesus is going to kill you tonight. People say crazy things. But the truth is, is that Jesus loves you. God loves you. That's the good news. It's that God loves you. Well, does he love you when when you get your junk straight? Nope. He loved you before then. Does he love you when you quit smoking and drinking? Nope. He loved you before then. Does he love you when you get your marriage right? Nope. He loved you before that. Does he love you when you quit cursing? Yes. (laughs) But he did love you before that. (laughs) I want to show you something about this story, this perfect Christmas story. The Bible says that the angel appeared to the shepherds outside of Mary. The shepherds were the first ones to know about Jesus's birth. Isn't that interesting? He didn't go to the high priest. He didn't go to the religious community. He didn't go to the local mega church. He didn't go anywhere. He went out in the fields to the shepherds and told them first. Now, there's something incredible about that. Because some of you are still thinking I'm not part of that all. That he doesn't love me because. Some of you are still running that through your mind. 
But isn't it funny that God chose to share his story first with shepherds out in the field full of, you know what, sleeping with the animals, eating out in the fields where the animals are eating. They were basically doing everything the animals were doing, except probably laying on the ground, eating the grass. You got the picture. You know, the shepherds were rejected by the religious community because they were so dirty. They, they, if, a, if a sheep would die giving birth, they had to do something with that sheep or they had to, they had to do. They were always handling something either dead or alive or just born. And, and according to the religious community in that day, that basically just pushed them out the door. It just kind of shunned them because in those days you couldn't touch anything that was dead if you were going to be a part of the in crowd when it came to church. You see, they, they believed you had to be perfect in order to see God in heaven. When God said, I'm going to show you something different. I'm going to bring the greatest story on the planet to the most lowliest people on the planet. And they're going to get it first. Now, you know you're important when you get the news first. Right? I mean, when God Almighty is going to tell you first, you got to go, oh, God, why is he telling me first? <laughs> and what does he want from me? <laughs> right? God shares this story with the lowliest people on the planet. And some of you here this morning can't believe that God would love you that much. Maybe the enemy's got you believing that you've gone too far. Maybe he's got you believing that you've just done too much. Maybe he's got you believing that you just can't do it. Maybe he's got you tied up in this religious thing. This morning, I just want to push all that to the side. And I just want you to hear one thing this morning. That God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, for you. The greatest story ever told. The perfect gift. The perfect Christmas. To the most imperfect people. Right? It doesn't matter which denomination you are. It doesn't matter which church you go to. If you can understand that and you can receive this love that God has for you, then you can spend eternity with God one day. Amen? Amen. Second point I want to make this morning, this is going to be brief. God sent us the perfect gift, a Savior. Luke 2.11 says that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, a Savior. God gave us his one and only Son who is a Savior. Well, that's great, Pastor. I'm glad that he's a Savior. What does that mean for me? You need to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from yourself. Saved from eternal damnation. That's not a cuss word. Are you with me? Saved from your spiritual death and brought into a spiritual life. That's what salvation is. It's not making bad people good. It's making spiritually people dead, spiritually alive. That's salvation. The church too many times tells people when you get saved, you got to get good. No, you just need to get saved. And God's going to take care of the getting you good part. Right? Man, we can mess up this story, can't we? 
We can put our own twist on it and we can make it seem what we want it to seem like and and make people believe things that we want them to believe. But the truth of the gospel is, is that God loved you so much. He sent his only begotten son. And that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life in heaven. The greatest story ever told. And man, let me tell you something. When you give your life to Jesus and you surrender it and you lay it down, you say, Lord, I believe in you. I accept you. I trust you. I lay my life down. I give it to please be the Lord of my life. Let me tell you something. When that happens, you go from spiritual death into spiritual life and you become alive on the inside. You become alive on the inside and you don't ever know the difference until you become alive on the inside. Because when I gave my life to Jesus and I became spiritually alive, I realized how dead I was. Because before I met Jesus, I was God's gift to women. After after I met Jesus, I was God's gift to one woman. Right, baby? You said it should have been a big amen right there. Okay, I didn't give her the notes, but... It's okay. I was just kind of hoping it would flow that way, you know what I'm saying? But that's all right. We'll, we'll catch it next year. No, I ain't trying it again. But the perfect story is that God loves people who do, who do not deserve his love. I just want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter how many times you've made that same sin again and again and again and again. He still loves you. He's still for you and not against you. He loves you. And there's no greater love to experience than God's love. Amen. Can we pray this morning? Father, I just come to you today. And Lord, I thank you for this great story. I thank you that Jesus is the greatest gift, the perfect gift. This is the perfect story. This is the perfect time to hear this story. Lord, when we live in a time where everything is so commercialized right now and everything's about presents and gifts and cooking and food and traveling here and traveling there that we miss out on the whole story and the story is that you gave us your son to save us because we're people that need to be saved all of us need to be saved thank you lord thank you lord thank you for jesus thank you that because he came and he was born on this earth and he was grew up on this earth and later on died on this earth that I can be forgiven of my sins that the slate can be wiped clean that in your mind Lord all of my sins have been forgotten and you see me as your child you see me righteous clean and holy and Lord you've only got the best for us thank you Lord thank you Father Right now, what I want you to do is I just want you with all your heads bowed. I just, I'm going to give an invitation this morning. And the invitation is for those of you here who feel like you don't belong to the all. For those of you that maybe have done some things that you're, you're just really embarrassed about. That maybe you're living in this condemnation about. 
Maybe you've never stepped out in a church service like this and, and made any kind of proclamation or any said anything towards God. But this invitation is for all of you who feel like you're less than a shepherd. Who have a hard time believing that God could love you that much. I just want to invite you today. I want to invite you to come up here to the front. Right now, I just want you to get out of your seat. There's no reason to be ashamed. I mean, you're you're coming to receive the greatest gift that has ever been given. So I just invite you this morning. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. I made this walk. Many of you in this room have made this walk. And the second invitation is for those of us who are here and maybe we realize you're spiritually dead. There's not much life inside of you. Circumstances in life and events that have happened have caused you to feel almost dead on the inside. I invite you to come this morning. Come and receive the greatest gift ever given. Just right now, wherever you are, I invite you. Don't miss this moment. Don't let this opportunity pass. Jesus wants you just as you are right now in this place, just exactly how you are. You can't go and fix something first. You can't go and change something yourself. Right now in this moment, I'm just going to give you time. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this. It's for all. So grateful for the day that I realized I was part of the all. It's who I was. So if that's you this morning, even if you didn't get out of your chair, that's okay. Mr. Tate, I just want you to, I just want to lead you into something. I don't want to tell you what to pray because there's no perfect word to say. The Bible simply says, if you receive me and I receive you and and, and to to have salvation is to, to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And to confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, that just means that you just start living a life of Jesus being your Lord and you not being your Lord anymore. That's you this morning. I just want you to pray in this way. I just want you to say, Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize that I am part of the all crowd. Lord, I need you to be my savior. Save me, Lord. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my failures and my shortcomings. Save me, Lord. I realize today that you're the perfect gift. I realize that there's no greater gift than you, Jesus. And God, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you're my Lord. Thank you for saving me today, Lord. 
Thank you for bringing me into spiritual life and taking me from spiritual life, from spiritual death into spiritual life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For all of you here who are saved, I just want you to stand up right now. Just in your seat, just right now, just stand up. And I want us just to pray in this way. I just want to give him thanks this morning. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for being the perfect gift. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for looking past all of my failures and my shortcomings. Thank you that you saw through my sin and my shame. And you came and you lifted my head up. And you put my feet upon a rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. And I can now live with my feet on a rock. Knowing what I'm called to do. Knowing where I'm going for eternity. Knowing that I can be the salt and the light in this world. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning?